the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Because to you who the social outcast Yes, you who are rejected He wants you, he needs you, he loves you Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy Here comes the Spud Man It's the Spud Goodman Show Let's get ready, Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andor Ola. I am, in fact, Spud Goodman. Yes. And this just happens to be my show. So I hope even if you landed here by accident or divine intervention, you know, it should be a fairly pleasant experience. Yeah, I'm not wanting to toot our horn too loudly as I'm not a, you know, a big trumpet or French horn aficionado. The odds are he won't be too disappointed if you hang around for the next 57 minutes. Yeah, so I, I, I guess I should now acknowledge our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Hey, could you give us a very brief chuckle? <laughs> All right, thank you. And so now I'm under obligation to introduce our temporary permanent co-host, uh, Gerald Holcomb. You can say a quick word here, very quick. Yeah, uh, all right, then. No, no, I... that's three right there. Oh, well, but we go through this every week. You cannot be seriously expecting me to limit my greetings to the listeners in such a brief, truncated manner. Seriously. You know, to adequately welcome our audience, I would need a minimum of 30, maybe 35 words, and, and that's the bare minimum. I'm sorry to hear that. It's, it would just throw the whole show off. If we wasted that many words, uh, just think Not less wasted. is more. How many times have I said this to you? Well, just about every week. But right. I, I continue and to feel... And you still don't. Oh, I'm being shortchanged uh. with your limitations. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. I'm not going to deliver the Gettysburg Address here, but a proper amount of airtime is needed to adequately bond if with there's, people. If who- there's bonding going on here, it will be me doing the bonding. That's that's number one. And, and number two is... um, I forgot what number two is. Number two. I, I kind of had a mental note, but I, so I'm just going to stick with number one for now. Good call, yo. Okay, okay, fine. Listen, can we move along to the actual show? Right, that's what I want to do. I wanted to announce something on the air, and it's a big step for me. You know, what I'm referring to is I have finally decided so to take the plunge. So you're, you're going to man up and finally do the transition thing. I've, you know, I've been expecting what? this for years. and I mean, who really cares anymore no. about this stuff? There's, a, there's no, TV no. shows about it. You know, whatever works for you is fine with me. And I'm being I'm serious. And I know our listeners will, will be with you 100% too. No, no, no. I'm referring to my decision to become a stand-up comic. Yeah, I, I, I've toyed uh, with this for a long time, as you know. Stand-up comic, been, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought this has been clearly communicated to you that that would be very tough to pull off. Are you? Um, th- there's so many issues and challenges that will come your way. It may look easy watching all those stand-up specials on Netflix and cable, but it's a tough gig. You know, we've had know, a lot of stand-up comedians on this show, and you would think you would have learned from them how difficult this profession is. Hell no! 
you haven't. Well, I, I understand. I I'm going to have to do this on my own, and I know what I'm getting into. Uh, I'll take do baby you? steps at first. I do. I, I plan to do, like, you know, an open mic or two on comedy nights, you know, once in a while. But I I'm no fool here, Spud. I understand. Stand-up comedy is an art form that will take some work before I'm proficient enough to go on the road with my act. Go Go on the road? Your wife would never go for that. Well, there's we, no way. We've been talking, and she's been very supportive about this endeavor. Uh, we decided we'll book my first tour for the summer months. You know, when the kids are out of school, and then we can turn it into a family vacation. It'll be a working vacation for me, but the kids will love seeing parts of the country they might never get a chance to see. Well, as a mother, I would think that you would not want to be drunk at the putt putt. Uh, doing one-night stands at truck stops and maybe Omaha and Stockton, yeah, that's really going to be a blast for the kids, well, for no, sure. I'll, I'll try to be strategic with my booking schedule. You know, I'll, I'll appear at towns with things like, uh, I don't know, something the whole family can enjoy. There are so many little-known and underappreciated tourist attractions that are gems. Gems? Yeah, gems. So, what... What about your regular gig at the, at the carpet store you work at? South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. I did it again. Hey, dude on the soundboard, there's soundboard, there's no need. You, I'm all upset here because I thought I made this really clear with you and everybody in the studio. What, why do you need to give this guy a free plug just because I sort of mentioned his other employer? I don't get it why you guys keep playing that damn jingle anytime the place is brought up. We, you know, most of the staff here, except you, Spud, have visited South Seattle yeah. Carpet and Linoleum. No. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. In really, fact, really yeah, had to do that. Most of them are customers because everyone needs carpet or linoleum sometime in their lives. Yeah, whatever. So, thinking about this thing, you'll be AWOL from this show during your stand-up comedy tour. Uh, I really actually don't have any problem with that. You have my blessing, actually. Well, no, Take no. as much time as needed and you know, maybe think about a world tour. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Listen, I will be strategic, and I'll mostly book shows when we're airing reruns. I There's no need. I expect you to miss go ahead and few, if any, shows, Spud. I, no, I would not let it. you down. I won't do it. <laughs> and, but listen, as hard a time as you give me, I know you need what I bring to the table here. Well, well, let me know what that is when you get a moment. But right now, I have to introduce our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little later on in the program. Here is Black Giraffe. When you're all too tired And it's dark and it's fighting the lines of blurring Kansas stretches on forever Kansas stretches on forever When you're too tired And it's dark and it's fighting the lines of blurring Kansas stretches on forever Kansas stretches on I will drive for you Get some sleep Lines of the 
worrying Cancer stretches on forever Cancer stretches on forever When you're too tired And it's dark and it's the lines are blurring Cancer stretches on forever Cancer stretches on I will try for you I'm Craig Robinson, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show for the last time, hopefully. Hey, Spud. Yes. Your first guest, Louis Anderson, is waiting to speak with you. What a great stand-up. I know. I always enjoy speaking with Louis on this show. He's a great guy, of course, but now he's also a big-time actor. He won the Emmy this year for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Show. He totally deserved it, too. You know, didn't you also have him on your old TV show? Yeah, you know, and I, I think he gave me one of those action figures from that animated series of his, you know, way back, I don't remember, you remember Life with Louie? Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah. I need to try to find it. I I, have, I was thinking about that the other day. I, ho- I hope it didn't accidentally get tossed out when the relatives, you know, came over to my apartment a while ago and did that emergency intervention about my so-called hoarding problem, which is ridiculous. I have no hoarding problem. Well, listen, I had no part in that, but you do tend to have a bit of a clutter problem. <laughs> a lot of us problem? have been concerned about it. Your apartment is, well, it's quite full with, of your personal items. Yeah, stuff After I really my value. last visit, I was thinking it might be time for another purge. Uh, just a suggestion. I'm the Secretary of Energy. I won a contest, got to be a cabinet member. 
I'm the Secretary of State. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. Uh, just mind your own business, okay? Put Louis on! Yeah, here he is. Please welcome back to the show comedian, author, and actor extraordinaire, Emmy Award-winning Louis Anderson. Hey, man, how you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, really good, actually. Well, let's discuss one of my current favorite TV shows, Baskets, airing airing Thursday nights on FX at 10 p.m., 9 central. All episodes of the show are now available on demand and, and at FX now. I love doing it. I can tell you that right off. Ah, uh, yeah. One of my favorite jobs ever. Well, can I put out a little editorial statement? In my job as a talk show host, I occasionally have to fake enthusiasm for projects of guests that, you know, maybe are not that great. But in your case, both the show itself and specifically you are on another level. No BS here. Your portrayal of Christine Baskets, you know, Zach's uh, character's mother, is stunning. You are incredible. No, uh, I know you're probably sick of hearing it, but anyway. Well, you know, it really... You know, when I went and did that part, I um, I knew I was doing something different. But you never say to yourself, hey, this is the greatest thing ever, you know? You just know it's special. And the people, the reaction from the, you know, from fans and, and the reaction, you know, when I started to think maybe it was something special is when the cast and crew would become emotional when I would do a scene. It would make me think, oh, this is a this is affecting them, and so that was really that was one of my first things that I realized. And uh, I just had I've had so much fun. I have such great people to work with, and the director's Jonathan Kreisel from Portlandia. He's just right. a genius. He he knows how to do this whole thing. Yeah, it's, it just has the right touch on almost every scene. It's uh, it's uh. That's just so compelling. Uh, I mean, did you know you had this in you? I gotta ask that. I mean, I mean, obviously you did. I but... always thought I was a much better actor than they let me do. I always thought, hey, I'm really, I'm really as good a. I always thought I was a really good actor, but I just never got the parts to. You know, they always wanted me to play goofy. Right. And I just would go. I think that's a lot of nuance in this thing. You know, and they would just go, we, we want Goofy. And, you know, uh, I mean, I think it was um, uh, just a destiny in some weird way. I just feel like I was supposed to do this part at this time in my life. And I, I don't know, I just feel really uh, blessed by it. I feel so, I feel like, hey, don't, I got this great thing. And I try not to question it too much or think about it too much because I don't want to ruin it. Right. Well, I assume there's going to be a season three. The suits at FX would have to be insane not to have already greenlit it. Well, they have. They have already given us season three. Uh, all right. Of course. Spud, well, maybe you can explain this to me. But why would Louis Anderson, one of our greatest stand-up comedians, want to play a woman on TV? I, I don't get it. Hey, Louis, just a sec. Um, Have you seen the show? Well, no, but as I said earlier, my wife and I are such big fans of his. We've seen him in concert many times. He is so doggone funny. I, I just don't understand why that wasn't enough for him. It, it takes so much more talent to be a stand-up comedian than an actor. 
You need to catch a few episodes of Baskets, as Louis is freaking amazing. I believe you, but you know, what is going on in this world these days? I mean, we have that Tyler Perry who makes all those Medea movies yeah. where he's a woman too. Right. And to top it off, we have a former Olympic gold medal winner who now really is a woman? Yeah, well, I don't know what to tell you. Your little house on the prairie world is over. It's not coming back. So you need to open up your mind to alternative lifestyles. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. I think I'm just going to think of Louie as the comedian rather than Louie the woman, if that's okay. Whatever. Just let me get back to him, okay? Hey, sorry about that, man. Uh, I'm back. Great. Hey, on a, on a, uh, away from the job, I think you and I might... Uh, Still share a semi-hobby, occasionally playing little slots. You know, I just want to say that I just want to, you know, I, I've been suffering from some little tunnel, uh, excuse me, carpal tunnel syndrome from pushing the play button so hard. You know, I guess it's kind of common, my doctor said. How you doing on the slots lately? You still playing? I'm not allowed to go in the near any slot. Oh, okay. All right. Um, you know, I still love to play the slot. You it's know? fun. It is. And I what I find myself doing is... Um, I have a friend who has a slot machine. I play at their house. Oh. When I go over there, I go, hey, let me just play this slot. I win, and of course, there's no money. Oh, he doesn't pay up? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, well, uh, he, you know, he, no, the money doesn't come out. Oh. <laughs> but it's fun to play. I love the slot. Um, for me, it's a compulsion. You know, I'm a compulsive person. Yeah. Um, Same here. But I don't, you know, I, I anything that I can do over and over like that, I'll do it. It's kind of a weird, silly thing. And um, Christine, when she, in season one, got to play the slot, so it was kind of a really fun win, and I know exactly how to to make it look like it was really happening because I've done it, you know what I mean? So it was really good. Right. I, I was just wondering if it's possible to be your own cooler. I think my aura is responsible for my losing streak, but <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's another that's another topic. All right, well, let me ask you this. You continue to tour. Yeah, it's kind of funny, but kind of sad, too. But anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, you're funny. You're very funny. Well, thank you. Now, you continue to tour the world doing stand-up, and I really wanted to ask you just how long it took you to be really good on stage. Because my co-host is going to give stand-up a shot, and I guess and you weren't great the first time you picked up the mic, right? It took a little while to... To, you know, to, I'd say, you know, I always tell people it takes a hundred times to even know if you can do it. Yeah, okay. And I say, you know, I, I, I said I really got good after the third year. I really got great the seventh year. So, wow. The seventh year. You know, I think that, you know, if you look at any kind of thing, you know, you have your, sometimes you, you fall into something and it, it turns out to be really great. And you don't know what you're doing. But when you know what you're doing and you fall into doing something great, it's even better. All right, super. Hope, Gerald, hope you heard that. Well, okay, last question, Louie. What stand-up comedian had the most influence on your career? Is there someone that you would credit for helping you or inspiring you to get where you are today? I guess, you know, a lot of people helped me. Joan Rivers, John, uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, Henny Youngman. Oh. And, you know, Johnny Carson was a huge influence. But Bob Hope... Jonathan Winters, Richard Pryor, Jack Benny, and uh, Jackie Vernon were were all stand-ups who played a huge part in my development um, and are the reason I am who I am. And um, I would say Jack Benny for the timing, Richard Pryor for the 
trying to leave myself wide open and be really honest on stage. And and uh, Jackie Vernon for the uh, the patter that I do, and Bob Hope for you know the delivery on some of my stuff, and Jonathan Winters for the characters. So when I do a character, you know, act silly or something, I always think of Jonathan Winters and what he used to do. What a great, yeah, what a great talent he was. All right, well, I'm going to let you go because you, I know you're a very busy man. So I will remind everyone that baskets can be found anytime at FX Now. Hey, thanks a bunch for coming back on our show, okay? I'm glad to do it and I look forward to the next time already. All right, Mr. Louis Anderson. And I'm sorry you're your own cooler. I know, I hear you. All right, thank you. <laughs> Bye. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. So if you do follow through with this plan to be a like a part-time stand-up comedian, hey, you yeah. really need to figure out what your style's going to be. I mean, every successful stand-up has a style or approach, you know, to comedy. Like like Louie, who was just on. Yeah. He, you know, he has a very funny observational brand of humor. Or or take Lenny Bruce, uh, who, who took on the establishment and all the powers that be. He was relentless in mm. his social commentary. You should go and study a video of his you know, I act would never in- even think think about using Lenny Bruce as a role model for my act. No, sir. I see no reason to burden innocent, God-fearing Americans with criticisms of our country right now. Right? Do you agree with me, protester? Do you agree? Why would any stand-up comedian want to bring an audience down? No, my style will be to accentuate the positive and maybe point out a few of the foibles that we all share. Um... There you go again. What? What the hell are foibles? Another term from the 1800s, man. No, foibles are the minor flaws and imperfections that we all share. Nothing deep and sinister. Okay, like, have you ever wondered why some people take, like, half a dozen napkins at McDonald's when they order inside? At most, they need two. I, myself, pride myself on only using a single napkin, even with a very messy meal. I mean... Why waste perfectly good napkins? Because they're free. It's wasteful. I mean, maybe, maybe they take them home, and who cares about how many napkins someone takes at a fast food restaurant anyway? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm just saying it, it is but one of our many foibles, and it's foibles. pretty fertile ground for humor, if you ask me, Spud. Hey, are you planning to work mostly like at rest homes and senior centers? Because if so, I think there's a decent chance they're going to be tossing their jello at you because your act sounds like bigly boring. Hashtag sad. Well, I will not rule out maybe playing a few senior centers. Okay. Though well, I've read online, you. well, stand-up comedians' message boards say that they can be a tough audience. That's ridiculous. 
I feel it will come down to my skill in making any crowd like me as a person before I can entertain them. Yeah, well, good luck with that. I thank you. I kind of think having funny material is more important. I, I I doubt if many people love Sam Sam Kinison, you know, personally, as you know, he was supposed to have been a bit of an. You know, especially during his coke binging days, but he was still funny as hell, and people laughed their butt off at his shows. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with Sam Kinison's act. I'll, I'll do some research, but all I'm saying here is there's no need for any comic to go blue and be off color with their material. I know that a good joke sure doesn't have to have something you need to whisper in it instead of sharing it with everyone in a room. If it wasn't for that dumb FCC telling me I can't say a bunch of normal everyday words, I would never whisper those words on this show. I mean, well. the, the problem is I, I get, I get you know, if I do it, I get taken off terrestrial stations if I talk like a regular everyday person. You talking to me? You talking to me? You do know there are no FCC requirements, though, at comedy clubs, right? I mean, you can say well, yeah. anything you want, except maybe fire and stuff like that. But no offense, but you would be the last person I would go to for advice on my stand-up act. The material that you find humorous is, well, frankly, in my opinion, rather juvenile. Oh, excuse me. I was not aware you were so much more mature than I was. Well, I am. It, it must have slipped right by me, but let me just see. I, I think I kind of remember you found it hilarious when Trent, our intern, fell on his face when he slipped on that patch of ice outside the studio. You know, remember after our Christmas party uh, last, this yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. You were almost crying you were laughing so hard. Yeah, well, Tears were going down I, your face. I was not laughing at him. I was laughing with him, Spud. What are you objectifying on? Well, he sure wasn't laughing. The, the guy had to be checked out for a concussion. My point is, you're no different than most people in what you laugh at. Funny is funny. And Trent, I can see you over there, and hopefully now, you know, you, you can maybe chuckle at it because they did say you didn't have a concussion, right? No, Mr. Goodman. They said I didn't have a concussion, but I do still get occasional headaches. Okay. Oh. Well, Trent, I want you to know... I did not find your unfortunate incident to be funny or humorous. Uh, you know, sometimes I express uh, involuntary verbal remarks when I'm observing others. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. Uh, just do your freaking job and see if our next what? guest is ready to go. Oh, Jeez. yes, I will. And I'm being told by the board that uh, your next guest, Gilbert Gottfried, is ready to go now. He's on hold. Now here's another great stand-up comedian. Yeah. I'm starting to see a pattern here with the booking of guests this week. Did you have anything to do with this? M me? Involved in booking? Absolutely not. That is, you know, it's above my pay grade. But did you beg our lovely executive producer, Lori, to maybe pull a few strings? Something's up. Um, you know, are, are you, you, you plan on hitting these guys up for something, right? Like a favor? Uh, well, no, listen. I did not attempt to influence her booking decisions, but I may have suggested that we look to increase our guests from the stand-up comedy world. Yeah, because, right. But people love to laugh. You know, that sort of sounds like tampering to me. Uh, kind of a lot what your hero Trump pulled off this election. And then you wonder why some people don't like me, folks. <laughs> no, nonsense. There was no tampering, both in the last presidential election and oh, okay, with right. the booking of our guests. It sounds like fake news to me. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. Just put Gilbert on, please. Here he is. All right, please welcome back to the show comedian, actor, and now podcast king Gilbert Gottfried, host of Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. How you doing, man? Oh, well, I'm the podcast king. That's right, you are. Yes, yes. It, 
it's kind of like being the sausage king or the pancake king. Yeah, well, there's a lot yeah. of worse things. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be appearing at the Tacoma Comedy Club uh, tomorrow night, uh, the 31st, with two shows, 7.30 and 10.30 p.m. Yes, I think so. See, you, you know, it's funny. When I do these interviews is when I find out what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, well, let me write that down on your calendar. because I, I, I lose track of the. I swear to God, I could have been performing there last night. For all I know, right. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to get into the the stand up thing a little, a little bit later in the interview, but first of all, I want to I want to ask you this. I understand that your show is up for best comedy program at the 2016 Podcast Awards. Uh, how did it go? And I hope there wasn't any like Russian interference in that thing. Uh, yes, it was total Russian interference. Uh, I uh, and and I I even uh, had to have hookers pee on me. Ooh! Wow! Yes. Wow! Was that pay? <laughs> wow! Was that broadcast on like IFC or anything? I have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't have to have it done, but I figured since they threw it in on the deal. Spud. Yes. Well, how many times do I have to remind you those allegations from that English privatized dossier about Donald Trump being? Well, being relieved on are nothing but fake news. Hey, Gilbert, uh, I just need a quick moment here. Okay. Even if there is no proof or stained sheets, it's still a great story. You have to admit it. How many presidents have ever been alleged to be into golden showers? I have no idea what golden showers are, but rest assured, President Trump has never strayed outside the bounds of his marriage vows. He would never do such a thing. Hashtag make America great again. I don't know what his arrangements have been with his wives, okay? That's his personal business. But I do know if you have your own dirty laundry, so to speak, in your own life, you might want to watch it with leading cheers of lock her up. I don't know if it's a crime, but it should be as it's really disgusting. Hashtag fake president. Now let me get back to Gilbert. Yes. It's very strange that um, uh, the podcast is doing as well as it as it is. Because when I first started, I thought, you know, I want to do it, concentrate on old Hollywood, these people that nobody remembers anymore. And nobody's going to want to listen to this. And they, and they listen. And they, they enjoy it. And they find out about these people that they never heard of before right oh uh, it, it, yeah i mean i'm amazed at the the list of guests that you get so i was going to ask you that about the guests um you know you have yours come into your studio mostly and you know like other shows such as mine you know we do call-ins because for me i don't know about you but i have intimacy issues and much prefer to talking to people on the phone rather than having to make eye contact in the studio i I mean, I don't even have dinner parties at my apartment ever for the same reason. Are you a social person? Do you enjoy people coming into the studio? Uh, well, it's a different kind of social there. I mean, I'm not uh, particularly a social person like as far as going to parties or events or stuff like that, but unless there's free food involved. Right. Uh, but it's um it's it's uh i i find when i'm interviewing people or when people are interviewing me sometimes there's uh more of an energy in the room if you're with that person yeah i guess so but the trade-off for me i don't know i mean meeting famous people is not that tough on the phone you know what i mean but i i used to do a tv show and in person i i actually get a little nervous you know sweaty palms that kind of stuff so yeah anyway um so so gilbert as you do celebrity interviews, do you ever 
Worry like I that someday the supply of celebrity guests will disappear like dinosaurs or the woolly mammoth and become extinct? Oh, absolutely. Um, I Well, one thing, because of the uh, what the show uh, relies on is like finding more and more people from old Hollywood and and more than a few times someone has agreed to do the show and then died like the day Ooh. before Ooh. and uh so bad timing i, I was originally going to call the show the before it's too late show and uh but yeah no that, that a few people that's happened with but you know thankfully there's other people getting older as we speak so right that's true like you and i also so um so in, in your case though i was thinking this and you have an edge over myself and all the rest of the hacks that just like do you know shows without any talent. I mean, if worse came to worse, you could interview yourself each show because I'd listen. Uh, yeah, I, I should do one show where I interview myself. Yeah, that'd be great, actually. And, I like that idea. And then I'd just be doing the most flattering fluff piece in the world. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But, uh, it'd be satisfying for you. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, have you ever had a guest uh, who stunned you with a story or an incident, something juicy that you didn't expect to hear, like the hygiene habits of an ex-spouse or a confession to a felony or something? <laughs> um, a Dick Van Dyke was on the show, and he told us that he was friends with a comedian, uh, Orson Bean, oh, yeah, who was Orson. also on the podcast. Oh. And um, Dick Van Dyke told us that he and Orson Bean, when they were struggling actors, would go to uh, the park every day to go to the zoo and watch a masturbating chimp. <laughs> that was their, the only entertainment they could afford. There was this chimp who used to masturbate all the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> That must have been a tourist attraction. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And to hear Dick Van Dyke say it, it was really funny. Right. Um, well, you know, Gilbert, I asked you a couple years ago when you were on this show about your legendary frugality. I mean, you have been referred to as the cheapest comedian in show business by a few of your peers. So my question is this. Do you ever, do you often like maybe get first class flights booked for you by movie studios and TV shows and then downgrade them to coach and pocket the difference? I mean, that's what I would do. I mean, who wants to hang out with people, you know, or given linen napkins with their three course meals and everything? I'm fine with pretzels. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I do it, you know, like when, when I'm booked uh, and, and they, uh, you know, usually I'll go for the cheapest flight possible or if I can walk from New York to L.A. Uh, but I, I, I don't know when they when they book me first class, I usually leave it alone and uh, do the first class thing so I can uh, feel like, oh, this is what some people do all the time. Yeah, I mean, I've done it occasionally, but it's just, I guess, I guess it's the company that you keep for a couple hours in a little, you know, confined space. I much prefer hanging out with, with the, you know, with the proletariat, the real people in the in coach. That's just me, though. But yeah, and, and it's nice pocketing the difference, just putting a little bug in your ear. It's, it's it can add up oh, after no, a while. I, I've heard of a lot of people do that. Yeah, All they'll right. they'll change their first class tickets in for coach. And... Well, let me ask you this, Gilbert. 
If your podcast continues to take off, will you someday just cease traveling the country doing stand-up? Is it something you still enjoy doing like the old days? When my co-host here is thinking about getting into like stand-up, and I'm telling him the life isn't that easy. I mean, it's it's a tough life. Yeah, it's like like sometimes and more often than not, um, when I arrive in a town and I'm doing the traveling and going to a new town to do a club and or an old town to do a club where I don't even remember having worked there before. And it's like um, I, I start to feel like Willie Loman yeah. uh, uh, coming into town with my suitcase. And uh, yeah, that's uh, it. It is like uh, that. Yeah, it, it's not like uh, as fun as it seems like it could be. Right, that's what I'm telling them, yeah. All right, well, last question. You know, over the years, you've generated a bit of controversy at times with jokes that some have felt, you know, maybe were a little too edgy, maybe, you know, too soon in some cases. As you are the executive producer of your podcast, have you ever reprimanded yourself for saying something maybe a little too offensive, like suspended yourself maybe for a few days? For uh, just, oh, know. yeah, yeah. One, one day I'll fire myself from my own podcast. Because I'll get offended by something I said. It's just something, yeah. It's just be aware of that. I mean, you, I mean, it might be held accountable. I'm just trying to tell you that. But yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll just separate myself and go. Oh my God, that Gilbert, he's getting out of hand. Right. All right. Well, um, I know you got things to do. So once again, Gilbert Gottfried will be appearing at the Tacoma Comedy Club tomorrow night with two shows at 7:30 and 10:30 p.m. Hey, everyone needs to check out Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast available at iTunes at the Sideshow Network. .tv and at gilbertgodfried.com and by Twitter is real Gilbert alright there you have it the one the only Gilbert Gottfried oh thank you this is one of radio's most famous musical productions the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life Okay, it's musical guest interview time. Please say hello to our musical guest, Black Giraffe. Hey, uh, identify yourselves and your favorite uh, superhero growing up. Hello, I'm Andy. Um, I sing and play guitar in this here band. And uh, my favorite superhero growing up would be... I'm going to go, let's see, one of the X-Men probably. I'll go with Gambit for that saucy Cajun accent. Okay, super. I'm Lauren. I play violin and keys, and I did not ever have a superhero growing up. Um, mm. I'd say maybe Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes was my superhero. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. And I like Batman. Because he's dark. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, the name Black Giraffe. I I hope no animals were harmed in the process of determining the you know the band's name, as black giraffes are an endangered species, I think. But so besides after you came to that name, I'm just curious, what were some of the other options under consideration before you went with this one? Uh, Let's see. Um, uh, Dirty suede was a big one. Okay. That was a a big option. Um, I'm gonna go with. uh, we used to be in a band called Read Underwater. That was uh, that, uh, way more mellow than this particular project. And then uh, Foxtrots 
was was a possibility. Okay, all right, super. Just had to check. Uh-huh. Um, hey, what's the official position of the band on NATO? Uh, a good thing, or or should we just like you know send those countries a bill for a kajillion dollars? You know, I mean, maybe have one of those annoying collection agencies like start calling them twenty four seven until they pay up. What do you uh, think? Uh, NATO is NATO, <laughs> in our opinion. Okay, all right, super. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, personally, I could actually care less about the bill, but just thought I'd ask. So uh, what are the band's long-term goals? Uh, to play arenas, or do you prefer playing more intimate club settings? Uh, intimate club settings is kind of... Uh, our Like, theater-style stuff would be cool, too. I don't think we... We're a little bit odd, quite frankly, so um, I'm not sure arena would really fit with a lot of the stranger rhythmic stuff we have going on, but um, if we could get into, like, you know, state theater-sized stuff, that would be amazing. All right. Just connect with four or five people at a time, really. All right, got it. So what's the name of the next song? This next song is called Slinky. All right, let's do it. Harbingers of thought Carrying me away I've been before I will be there again Moments held in love Hazy as a dream
Goodman Radio Show. Hi, it's Kevin Elon. I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. Yes, believe it or not, I am. Uh, Spud, your last guest, Joe Coy, is good to go. Gosh, what a coincidence. Another guy who does stand-up comedy. Yeah. No, he, he is a friend of the show, so I, I would have booked him and Louie and Gilbert anyway, but... Don't think you can hijack this show without my permission from here on out. Of course of course not. And yes, I have noticed the theme on this show, but it seems Duh. to be working really well. I What's think. your name, scumbag? Yeah, maybe so, but this will be something I will be discussing at our next staff meeting. I am the host, and if there's any lobbying going on regarding booking guests you know, from specific areas of show business, then I went in on it. I was told to stay out of that you know, part of the show a few months ago. Obviously, you have friends in high places. Wait, like I said, I think the show's going well. Just put Joe on. Yeah, you got it. Welcome back to the show, comedian Joe Coy, who just happens to have a new comedy special now out on Netflix titled Joe Coy, Live from Seattle. How you doing, man? Oh, thank you so much, man. It's the Moore Theater. That's where uh, I shot it, Moore Theater. Super. Well, you are a homeboy from this area. I, I know you travel the globe doing stand-up, so, you know, uh, the title could have just as easily have been live from San Antonio or Sheffield, England, for that matter. You, you had to choose one city, right, Where, you but you chose the one you were raised in. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think anyone that lives in Tacoma always says they're from Seattle. Exactly. That's what I was uh, leading you gotta, into. <laughs> you got to be from the Pacific Northwest to understand that reasoning. But, yes, I actually grew up in Tacoma. That's right. And Seattle has always been the place I called home. And I couldn't wait to shoot this special where I grew up, man. That's right. And we're never going to let you forget that, by the way. So, uh, Good. I don't want you to. All right. Well, what can our listeners expect if they tune into your comedy special? Um, if they tune into my special, oh gosh, man, we got uh, this, this this body of work is uh, just one of my favorites. It, you know, my son's thirteen now, and uh, wow, uh, you know, I got I got to talk more about him being a teenager, and just you know, a lot of the uh, the old school jokes with my mom. Uh, it was just a, a nice piece of work that I got to do on this one. Plus, I wore all the hats on this special. I, I you know, I, I came up with all the money. I. I produced it, I, I picked the director out, I, I picked the stage setting, the lighting, like everything that happened on that special, I had my hands dipped in it. So uh, it, it, it's blood, sweat, and tears of this particular project, so I'm, I'm really proud of this uh, special. Spud, I know I'm not supposed to ask guests for personal favors. No, you're not. Well, but it would be so cool if I could pitch the idea of opening up for Joe the next time he comes to Seattle. It would be a big boost for my stand-up career. Hey, Joe, uh, give me a moment here. Okay. What do you say? Hell no. And what? Then you're going to ask him to buy whatever crap your kids are selling too right now, like cookie dough, magazine subscriptions, or gift wrapping paper? I don't know what they're pushing these days, but well, it never ends. I thought there were like child labor laws to protect kids from this. Well, those are just fundraisers, Spud. Jeez, I think you're overreacting a bit. Just let me get back to Joe, okay? I've returned. Sorry about that, Joe. Yeah. You might be with the hardest working man in comedy. And let me just say that as an editorial statement. So, so I, that's what I want to touch on is you make, you know, stand up look pretty 
darn easy, but actually it's a tough business. My co-host is dabbling uh, in it these days and I tell him it may look easy like hitting a major league fastball from watching it on TV too, but not many can pull it off. Do you have any tips for an aspiring stand-up besides like don't do it? Uh, no, never say don't do it, man. I oh, say okay. keep doing it, bro. Keep doing it. And, and, you know, just because one show didn't go well, like, just get ready for the next show and, and perform anywhere. Like, I don't know at what stage of uh, his career he's at or what the type beginning. of rooms he's playing. The but, beginning. Uh, oh, if it's the beginning, then hit every single room possible. I don't care if you're performing inside of a... Uh, a restaurant or at a nightclub or even in the kitchen in the back of a hotel like if there's people there that want to laugh and you got a microphone do it man go up anywhere as much as you can and uh and watch yourself get stronger and stronger at this game man it's a lot of fun i, I can tell you some really crappy gigs i've had man you know just when you thought uh, someone would never do stand up there i've done it so yeah I bet you uh, have. Yeah, I've done it, man. I've done it. So, uh, like, seeing this special, it, that's what I'm talking about when it comes to tears. Because it's like, I remember when I performed in a mall in the middle of the day with a broken microphone next to the escalator, man, while they were cooking Philly cheesesteaks behind me, man. Like, the worst scenario you can think of when it comes to doing stand-up. And, and I did it, so... So, All right. Well, Gerald, yeah, I hope you're taking hope you're taking notes on that. That was free advice. You and I had to pay a lot of money for that. Well, let's talk about <laughs> the highlights then. Let's flip this to the highlights. Looking back on your career, was getting a standing ovation on the Tonight Show a bigger thrill than maybe the first time you had sex, you know, with a living person? <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, that 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 changed my life. Tonight Show changed my life, and uh, you know, I was working three jobs at the time. I had a newborn, you know, and a little, you know, on the broke side. Didn't have that much money, but. Once uh, that Tonight Show hit, uh, you know, I was fortunate to have a few eyes that uh, had a little bit of power uh, that, that took me under their wing. And uh, next thing you know, I was uh, making good money and I, I could uh, actually pursue stand-up full-time without actually carrying a part-time job. That's a, that's All a, because of Jay Leno. Thank you, Jay Leno. Yeah. That's a very cool story. Bob, the guys that book it. Ross and Bob, I love you guys forever. All right, super. Well, um, is there something left out there that you still want to take on, a project or a dream that you really want to make happen at this point? I think now that all the, the, the tools are out there for everyone to, to use, uh, I, I can't wait to shoot uh, you know, my, my, my first film or, 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 of course, a sitcom or anything that has to do with, with comedy. Uh, I, I want to pursue it. I want to write it and, and get it out there, man. Well, let, let me toss in my two cents. Uh, any, uh, ho- if there are any Hollywood producers listening, give this dude his own show. He deserves it. So. <laughs> For sure. All right. Thank well, you. Yep. I, I know you got stuff to do, so uh, let me remind everyone that your comedy special, Joe Coy, live from Seattle, is available for viewing on Netflix anytime they wish. Hey, they can watch it like eight times in a row if they feel like it. One of the many reasons yeah. I love Netflix. I would love that. Do it. That's, and, uh, that's right. At any time. Watch it on your phone. Watch it on your iPad. Yeah, just type in. Hey, do you mind if I uh, give them how to spell it, man? J-O-K-O-Y. Uh, type that in and uh, check it out. I, I, I think uh, you're going to love it. Also, I think I'll put a plug in, if you're not going to it, The Koi Pond is your podcast, correct? Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, over there at Corolla Digital, man. Adam Corolla, he, he's, he's been so good to me, man. So he's gave me my own pod, and he, he, he supports it and pushes it hard for me. All right. It's very cool. All right, I, I want to thank you so much for calling into our show, okay? Oh, you're the best, bud. Thank you so much. All right, Mr. Joe Coy. My 
How time flies. Uh, Spud, my yes. wife texted me a moment ago and suggested I share with our listeners my career plan as it would be a good opportunity to promote myself as I embark on this new direction I'm taking professionally. Uh, she suggested there could be comedy club owners out there checking me out right now on the air uh, d- and seeing well. if I'd be right for their venue. <laughs> well, hey, maybe some 7-Eleven out there, you know, might be willing to put up like a fake brick wall in the back, you know, beer cooler area for an open mm. mic night. So I, I guess go ahead and beg for a gig if you want to grovel. Well, my, my wife is, and I guess uh, for full disclosure here, I need to announce she is now serving as my manager and agent. Uh, she feels I'll have no problem getting me bookings because, you know, she's pretty aggressive as you know Ooh, yeah uh, i'm well aware of that let me tell you um s- uh, yeah. so is she charging you uh that's that what you said was like a standard 15 percent that all managers charge that was what you colonel parker were going to charge me remember la- a couple weeks ago when you, you were trying to convince me you know into signing with you as my manager our financial agreement is a private matter spud well I, st- I still think managers are a thing of the past these guys they make millions of dollars they're smart as hell Oh, you, you clearly made a mistake not taking my offer of management services. But as a working stand-up comedian, I'm not going to have time or working. the energy to manage my own career, let alone yours. So now, thank goodness Rachel has volunteered to step up and handle my career. Now, I would consider signing with your wife, uh, you know, as she can make someone wet their pants with that look of hers. Oh, no, no. She's not taking on any other clients than me. All so right. that's not an option for you. All but right. l- listen, Spud, I would love to just make a short statement here, Rachel just texted me about what comedy fans can look forward to if they come to see me live in concert. In concert? Yeah, yeah. Just because you have a mic and tell a joke or two, uh, and it does not make the experience a concert for that's the unsuspecting con- fool who happens to be like wandering around in whatever dump you end up playing. Oh, you'll be very surprised with what an evening with Gerald Holcomb will be for my fans an who come out and see my stand-up act. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Here, let me read this. <clears throat> oh, no. Comedy fans out there now listening, prepare yourself for a groundbreaking event of humor and mirth as Gerald Holcomb will soon be coming to your town, too. His highly acclaimed act is a combination highly of acclaimed. the best of Bill Cosby, Dane Cook, and, of course, Carrot Top. Uh, expect to laugh so hard you will leave with a very bad side ache, so please visit GeraldHolcombLive.com for further information. You have a website now for your comedy career? Uh, well, not yet. Our, our oldest, Gerald Jr., is supposed to make me one, but he's pretty busy now with the debate team at his high school. Uh, hopefully, very soon, my fans can go to that site and get a full okay. tour information. Yeah, well, let me know when it's up. As I'll, I'll check you know, when you're coming to Seattle so I can be the first to get tickets so I won't have to pay like StubHub or some scalpers. But, well, we don't have any confirmed bookings yet, but rest assured, if I play Seattle, I will make sure you get tickets, bud, and at face value, too. This one goes in your butt. Hang on a second. This one, this one goes in your mouth. Wow, that was very considerate. So, so, if I ever do come see you, do your comedy thing, yeah. should I bring like a raincoat or a poncho when you smash watermelons on stage? Yeah, that's Gallagher. We are oh, publicly yeah, right. acknowledging Carrot Top's influence on my career. He uses props, but he does not smash fruit on stage. This is Lucille. And she is awesome. 
right? I mean, I, I interviewed Carrot Top on this show a while back. Cool guy, that. actually. Hey, did, did you get permission to use his name in your promo material? Because I think that would be needed. I'm sure my wife has cleared everything with all parties before she put our promotional material together. I she hope knows, so. She knows the ropes of the business world. She's been a Mary Kay rep for many years now. Hey, hey do, do you want to toss out a joke before I sign off here? I, I think it would be prudent for you know uh, your potential victims or uh, and or fans to get a taste of what you know what they'll get if they actually come to see you. Would you be where you are had there not been a sex tape? No. Just go ahead and entertain our listeners. Right right now? Yeah, now. I, I think my manager, Rachel, was would advise me to save my material for paying fans who come out to see me. My jokes are my intellectual properties, bud, so it would be unwise to share them on the radio show. You don't have any jokes or material yet, do you? I mean, I, I, be honest. That's what I thought. That is messed up, yo. Being funny is damn hard work, man. Listen, I have a general outline for my act. My wife will be sitting down soon to write a few jokes, and we'll possibly solicit input from our kids, too. So, you know, we, that way we have current pop culture stuff included. Yeah. Yes, but the creative process is very delicate. Yeah, hey, hey, was that your Movantic moment right there? That's so hot. Just asking. All right, I'm not going to waste any more time with this pipe dream of yours. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Uh, how about I do a quick knock-knock joke? Okay, knock-knock. Spud, knock-knock. Are you, are you going to say who's there? Once again, here is Black Giraffe. Seventeen Spud Goodman Productions.